Hello, superstars. This lesson will cover the end of Chapter 12, Section 2, which was mostly about the Pax Romana, a time of peace in the Roman Empire, and parts of Chapter 12, Section 3, which discusses some of the achievements the Romans made during the empire. The total runtime for the videos is about 35 minutes, so if you need to take a break in between, there will be pauses in the podcast where you will hear the usual cue to take a break. Today, we're going to start with a natural disaster. Around AD 79, a fairly large town called Pompeii was obliterated by a volcano, and nearly everyone who lived in the city died. This is around the same time the Colosseum was being built in Rome. A historian, Pliny the Elder, documented part of the eruption from his home on the other side of the bay, which ended up covered in ash but not completely destroyed. It is said that Pliny was so excited about the opportunity to document a historical event that Rather than leave the area to save himself and his family, he actually got into a boat and crossed the bay to get closer to see what was happening. Meanwhile, he got word from some friends who lived in Pompeii that they needed help, so he changed the purpose of his trip and went to assist. While in Pompeii, he was killed by some of the toxic fumes from the volcano. His nephew wrote an account of what happened based on eyewitness accounts of others who were with Pliny the Elder up until the time of his death, but somehow survived. If you're curious about that, you can skim through this primary source document, which is a translation from the original Latin. So much of what scientists and historians know about the eruption of Vesuvius and people living in the city of Pompeii and a nearby town called Herculaneum at the time comes from Pliny the Younger's writing. That's Pliny the Elder's nephew. Life science estimates that about 30,000 people lost their lives due to the eruption. That's like half the population of La Mesa, according to Wikipedia and the 2010 census. So here's a video that may help you to understand what a momentous event this was in ancient Rome. Before we take a break, I'd like to also add on that there are a ton of good videos on YouTube that can tell you more about the details of the eruption of Vesuvius and the ongoing excavation. Pompeii is a very famous tourist attraction these days, although, of course, due to COVID-19, no one's traveling too much over there anymore. Most people think that the only effects of a volcanic eruption are immediate, as in, you know, the people who live near the volcano are going to die from being covered in ash or getting smothered from the toxic fumes. But very large volcanic eruptions called supervolcanoes can cause worldwide damage. So if you're interested and this is optional, there is a TED-Ed video that I added in here in the transcripts where you can find out more about an eruption that happened about 100 years ago that changed the entire world's climate and the geography of the area near there as well. Okay, this next video about chariot racing is misnamed, by the way. There's really no brutality, blood or gore, etc., even though the title of the video is The Brutal Truth Behind Ancient Rome's Chariot Races. But it does clearly show how challenging ancient chariot races were. Like many people make the mistake of thinking that chariot races were only held in the Colosseum, along with gladiator battles, but actually most of them weren't. They took place in the Circus Maximus instead, which was a lot bigger than the Colosseum. It held up to about 150,000 people. That's bigger than SDCCU Stadium in, Stadium in Mission Valley, which holds about 67,000 people, and 
Petco Park, which is about 45,000 as its capacity. In fact, the largest stadium in the world today is actually in North Korea. It is said to hold about 114,000 spectators, but that's still less than the number of spectators who could have fit into the Circus Maximus of ancient Rome. So the first video shows how chariots were built and what skills the drivers needed to have in order to race a chariot. And the second video is a movie review for a 2016 release of the classic Ben-Hur movie that shows what actual races might have looked like and what the actors needed to do in order to film. Okay, gladiators. This next video shows a gladiator school in Germany where people use ancient fighting techniques like the Romans did. They run a school where they show tourists and some serious enthusiasts how to become a gladiator. You will notice that there were different types of gladiators. They were most often not paired up to fight against another gladiator with the exact same weapons. Each set of weapons requires a different skill set. And they have different ranges, weights, and their helmets vary in visibility. Um, there are up to six different types of gladiators, depending on the time period you're looking at in ancient Rome. Most gladiators fought against others who were outfitted differently in order to test each warrior's ability to judge the other's strengths and weaknesses, which were all different, not to mention that frequently wild animals were thrown in to entertain the Roman spectators. Now, in the second video, you're going to find out about all the different events that were held in the Roman Colosseum. It's interesting to note that the Colosseum is about as big as SDCCU Stadium in Mission Valley, but it was built 2,000 years ago. It also was in use for nearly 500 years. So can you imagine SDCCU Stadium still being used 500 years from now? Now we're at Chapter 12, Section 3, Rome's Legacy. This section of your textbook covers a lot of achievements in many different categories. However, I thought I'd highlight just a couple to try to keep it shorter. First, fresh water is, of course, really important to creating a society, and the Romans figured out how to get it pretty much anywhere. So your first video is going to be about aqueducts, which could even bring water uphill without a pump, if you can believe that. By the way, if the power goes out in San Diego for an extended time period, it could affect our water supply because much of the water we get in our homes requires electric pumps to move it from reservoirs to water towers. If you were in ancient Rome, however, there wasn't any electricity, so how did they get a steady supply of fresh water? The following video will show you how they did that in Segovia, Spain, which once was a Roman province. <coughs> Roman roads are quite likely to be more important than most people realize. Having them all around us makes us take them for granted. But when the Romans began building roads, they connected all the territory they'd conquered to the city of Rome. As we discussed with other civilizations, this improved both communication and trade. According to Britannica, the Romans built about 50,000 miles of roads. If that doesn't seem like a lot, well, it's more miles of road than in the entire state of Nevada, according to the Department of Transportation in 2017. In this section, we'll take a look at how the roads in the Roman Empire were built, many of which can still be found in England, France, and the Italian peninsula today, even after 2,000 years. <laughs> And finally, military technology. Okay, so we know that water, fresh water especially, is really important to society. And now we figured out that roads are also essential. But of course, the Romans could not have conquered as much territory as they did without military technology. So this is the last thing I'm going to leave you with. 
If the Romans hadn't created ingenious weapons, as well as roads to move their soldiers from place to place, they probably would not have been successful in conquering the large amount of territory that stretched around the Mediterranean. This video is going to show you what experimental archaeology is like. It's an actual field of archaeology where people who are often also historical reenactors take documents that were written or drawn in the past, and they try to recreate things from them. In this case, weapons. After watching the videos and answering the questions, remember to turn your work in, and I'll see you next time. Stay well, superstars.